Good evening, family. Hope you all had an absolutely beautiful weekend and a wonderful new year. It's already a little bit of craziness going on. It, it sure didn't hold off for a couple of days. It came right on in. We'll be discussing that a little bit. But I hope you all had an absolutely great weekend. You guys got to spend a little time with family, maybe had a good meal today. I forgot to make uh, my black eyed peas. I didn't get them out in time. So I maybe we'll do it tomorrow. I don't know. I don't believe in luck. I believe in God. Don't believe in luck. But black eyed peas are still awesome. But anyways, guys, uh, we'll be getting into a little bit of uh, news today. We'll go into a little bit of uh, scripture. I'm going to finish off what I was doing the other night about, you know, the important scripture, some of the things that I came across. There's a lot of great scripture, but it's hard to pick. But got some for you for the evening. This is Kilted Christian episode 513. I call this one Happy New Year's, guys. Let's get to it. We are many nations around the world, comprised of many cultures, but we stand together in a battle between good and evil. We're the seekers of wisdom, the bringers of truth, the hands of heaven, and the voices of reason. As the world tries to divide us by our differences, we only grow stronger as we are bound together as the children of God. Awesome. And Matt and Heber here, so we can start the show. Guys, always waiting for you. Oh, man, like I said, it's a little bit chilly here today. We had some surprised uh, snow flurries. No complaints. I just, uh, I'm so adamant about looking at the, the map every single day, multiple times a day, trying to see where the weather's going, what the temperature's going to be. I was a little unprepared, but it was beautiful going out and seeing some flurries. We're supposed to get some more snow uh, next Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and then we're coming into the winter winter so there'll be a day where i'm not even talking about snow because it's snowing every single day but i love snow um guys once again like i said the uh news didn't stop today started off a little bit of a bang and we're going to be going over some of that stuff right here talking about what we're possibly looking at as we're walking forward into 2024 and like i said you know we have to make the best of this we we can own this with a lot of prayer coming together in prayer we can make big changes when we come together so no matter what they have planned, um, they're going to try to put us into fear, stress, a little bit of anxiety, probably some anger, some hate. We just need to walk past that because we're all children of God. need to keep in prayers, pray that Jesus and God give us the discernment that we need and tell us what we're going to need and what we're going to need to do and what kind of service we can do throughout this year. Um, like I said, no matter what they plan, they can't change our love. They can't change our hearts. And uh, we know how this wins anyways. That is God wins. So they can bring anything at us that they want to the same ending no matter what happens is always going to be the same and that is god wins so no point in getting freaked out about anything just you know good you know good thing to be a little prepared and we've been talking about that um for a good long time so guys if you don't have uh extra freedom seeds if you don't have water if you don't have a little bit of extra food i would highly recommend going and grabbing some um the economy is a uh, a lot of weird stuff going on in the economy around the world. Um, more people that are denying the American dollar. So we're going to be looking at that. Like I said, guys, they're not going to take any time. They're going to jump right into this. And there's already been a little bit of chaos overseas. And thank, thank the Lord there was a pretty quiet evening um, in America last night anyways. But I know that Germany had a lot of things that were burnt down. I know France was the same way. And uh, we all know that that's coming here as well. Um, so first off, we had a the pro-Palestinian um, protesting, which has been going on all over this world. And then once again today, and these people get away with everything. Like, you know, if, if you were to go stand out in the road and, and preach God with a megaphone, just standing out in the road reading scripture, you would more than likely be arrested for obstructing traffic. But these guys get away with it. You heard about over the Christmas holidays, over the recent holidays and so forth, that um, 
people were literally protesting in front of the major airports, keeping people from getting to their planes. And uh, that that would upset me on many, many levels, especially because, you know, if, if I'm buying a ticket to go somewhere on an airplane, chances are I didn't have the money to spend anyways. And if I miss my flight, I'm going to be very, very, very upset. Um, not to mention being stuck in another place when you're trying to get back home to your family or to see your family. Um there's going to be a point like I'm just amazed that there hasn't been any ruckus from the good guys that are trying to just get to going where they're going. And these people seem to be getting away with everything in these protesters. So today it, it was like a whole step up. So this was a JFK airport, New York City. They were attempting to shut down the airport by releasing a weather balloon. You know, um, have you guys any of you um, out there operate drones? You know, all the laws, all the rules, like literally you may not know that there's an area that you're standing in that's a drone-free zone. You have to literally get apps right now in order to tell you where you can fly drones, where you can't. You can't fly a kite in certain areas. But these people right here literally flew a weather balloon over the airport to shut down the traffic. And I don't think anybody got in any trouble whatsoever. Um, any day, normal scenario of anybody doing this, this would be a federal crime. This would be, you know, against the... Uh, you know, our flight administrations, um, they would have gone after them hardcore, but they get away with absolutely everything. And the longer that we go without any consequences, the longer these people are going to try to keep getting away with what they're doing. And it's sad. We got a big, a big change. We need to step it up, stand together and start doing something. But there are people around our country right now that are, and I've got um, something I'm going to read to you here just a little bit that kind of goes over that. So, um, here we go again, guys. Um, all these things that pop into the news and they disappear, we get this every now and then we get an illusion of justice. You guys remember Juicy Smollett um, with that whole uh, fake MAGA hoax um, racist thing that went down and found out that it was actually him that did it. And they put him in jail. They brought him out of jail. I don't even know whatever happened to that. Like I heard that he was going to be that his appeal was dismissed and he was supposed to be put back in jail. But nothing ever happened. Like I said, these things just disappear. Just like this. So you guys remember uh, Sam Bankman-Fried. That's right. U.S. government is now dismissing six charges against cryptocurrency scammer Sam Bankman-Fried, including campaign finance violations and conspiracy to commit bribery. The dismissal raises concerns about the influence of large donations into politics as Bankman-Fried donated $100 million. I'm going to say that again, $100 million during the 2022 midterms, funneling significant amounts into dark money groups associated with prominent Senate leaders such as Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer. So let me let me guess here. Why would the government dismiss six charges from them? Well, imagine because of all the senators and the Congress people that end up getting money from them. Once again, no justice. Every time we think we get this, and these things are hidden. You think they talked about this on, on talking head media, like mainstream media? Absolutely not. They put these things into little articles. Um, they're written by some of the conservative um, independent journalists and ended up finding exactly Matt and Hebby's completely their piggy bank. Um, you know, so once again, another person is getting away with this while they go after Trump for things that he didn't commit. And it just keeps on going and going and going. I tell you guys, this is getting so irritable and so old. Um, when is justice going to be going to happen? Is it ever going to happen? What are we going to see this year? I keep seeing a lot of, you know, the, the optimistic um, patriots that are out there saying this is the year. This year it happened. This is the year that Trump gets back in office. You know, and, and I just ask the same question. How is that? When we have a corrupt government, we have a corrupt electoral system. Um, people 
are pushing to a democracy when we're a constitutional republic. Like everything, they don't even live, they don't even abide by the constitution anymore. We're in a post-constitution era of 2024. Um, we're trying to, we need to get something done, guys. And this is the point, is that we don't want to wait until after it's too late because then it's too late. We need to start acting now, getting out, doing something, and at least speaking, um, get, you know, publicly coming in together in numbers and stop being afraid. We can't let them hold that that fake January 6th stuff over our head any longer because that's stuff that's keeping us from doing the right thing. It put us all into a bit of fear where no one wants to go to prison or jail for going out and protesting. You burn things down in, in the name of, Demo or of Democrats and you're A-OK. -okay. You, you mention God as a conservative and you end up in jail for it. This is where we are right now. You know, same thing with the penny guy out of New York. Why are people standing around and filming things with their cameras? Why is nobody going out and actually doing anything to protect those that are getting beaten up on the streets, robbed? I can't tell you how many videos I saw this weekend of people literally getting beaten up, getting violated, getting robbed, getting mugged, getting their car taken from them, whatever. And there's always a group of people that are just on camera, just standing around watching. No one wants to do anything. It's because they're all afraid that the moment that they step up and do the right thing, they themselves are going to be the ones held accountable. And we've seen that over and over again. The murderers, the ones that are doing the wrong, the actual criminals, get in and out of jail like that. Most of them don't even see court. If they do, they end up getting a slap on the hands. But any good citizen like us who tries to step up and do what God would want us to do, we end up in cuffs and made examples for the rest of the country of people like us, patriots, in order to keep us in submission, keep us from doing what we need to do. But we're past that, guys. We need to quit being afraid. We need to step up and we need to start doing something because uh, we are running out of time. So uh, let you know a little update on my father. My father's doing a little bit better. He was up uh, still real sick, still coughing a lot, still has a little bit of fluid in his lungs. But he did sit up and watch... Uh, some Clemson football this weekend. So that was a good thing. Probably a good game for him to watch as he was rooting for Clemson. I'd imagine he was probably high blood pressure until that game was over. But nonetheless, that's that's good football for you. So that's good news. Jeff's father still needs some prayers. He's still going through some uh, rough times as well. Um, speaking of Jeff, Jeff uh, will more than likely be popping on the show with this at least once this week um, because he reached out to me. And I will read you this real quick. And I've got this up right now. This is currently up in our uh, Kilted Christian at Telegram. So you guys can go to our KC, um, our KC on Telegram and check this out. But Jeff has been talking to um, a friend of his or a person that he met not too long ago who um, does a lot of, of work for Christ, does a lot of service. And he literally makes these scenes called tracks, T-R-A-T-C-T-S. Um, so they're basically um, printed paper with a bunch of... Uh, scripture and stuff on him so what he'll do is he'll walk around and he'll hand these scriptures out to people or he'll just simply take them and he'll leave them in stores for other people to come across um jeff's been doing that well as well himself but this guy is in god's service and him and his wife don't have a lot of money and uh they were run into an issue where they needed um a printer like a, a good printer so they could print these things out like crazy and start pushing these tracks around to those communities but they also if you ask, if you're in another state and you guys need some tracks yourself, they will literally send them to you so that you can get them in the mail and pass them out yourself. So they're not just doing it from their location. They're doing it all over the place. Let me read this to you real quick. So this is a donation route because they basically had someone offer a uh, 
a, a really nice printer, but the ink would have been too expensive and it would have been kind of counterproductive to what they're, what they're trying to do. So instead what they're doing is they're putting out a donation raffle and they're, they're donating things that she's actually made like quilts and beanies and all kinds of pretty cool little stuff. So the goal is a thousand dollars. Um, it says, please consider to help brother Dan and his family purchase a new printer so that they can continue to print and distribute tracks for their ministry. You may give as much or as little as you um, are led, and in return, will get one entry into the raffle. You can find the tracks on their website. So basically, you know, if you guys can afford $100, if you can't afford anything but $0.25, cents, you know, everything helps. And, and it doesn't matter what donation you give to them, you will still get a raffle ticket. And she makes some pretty cool stuff. And like I said, you can see some pictures of some of those items on our KC. Um, you can uh, donate. Um, we got the donation link and all that other stuff there as well. And last I heard, I talked to, to Jeff about an hour and a half ago, and there are already about $550 in donations. So, And we've only had this up on our Kilted Christian website probably for maybe an hour and a half to two hours. So for those of you that have already read that and have already donated, we're over halfway there. And that's all within an hour and a half. So God bless you guys. I mean, when, when you hear God's call, you come a running. And I'm just absolutely amazed and impressed that, you know, we're already over halfway through what they're trying to get. Um, and they're going to be able to do it. Because like I said, right now we're um, in the final, we're in the fourth quarter of, of God's game. And uh, we don't know when that time is coming back, but we know that people need to start finding Christ now. God, at the very least, we need to get people together and build larger prayer groups. You know, so it's not only in our benefit, to um, you know, help ourselves get a stronger relationship with Christ and God, but it's also in our benefit to help other people find that same thing that we're searching for. And it's you know, it's the same thing that a guy used to tell me years ago. And this is a Taoist thing, you know. So pardon me, but but it has a lot of sense. Is that when we do good things to help people be better, we're ultimately helping ourselves because our lives become easier. And it's no different than when you introduce them to God. Is that you're making the lives easier for everyone that they're around all the time the moment that they find God. Um, and it's the same way is that when you down someone or you're harming someone, you're hurting someone, their feelings, division, or anything like that, you're ultimately harming yourself because that was one person that could have come over to our army and been another prayer warrior. And, you know, as Christians, you know, God doesn't ever ask us to forget. He wants us to remember because he doesn't want us to fall back into the same pattern or or make the same mistakes again, but he does ask us to forgive. And one thing that we always have to remember is go back into your life and ask yourself, you know, when, when you see someone who appears to be, let's say, taking a wrong turn or like, man, they're not acting like they were. They were on this Christian path and now they're, you know, there's some questionable things. You know, there's a lot of people that are going through a lot of stuff right now, but we have to remember is that we have all stumbled at one point or another. Every one of us here has made a mistake. We've stumbled. We've veered off our path, you know, as, as perfect and as wonderful as we want to be, as Christ-like as we want to be, we're not Christ and we still make mistakes. So never forget where you've come from. Never forget the mistakes that you've made in your life. Never forget veering off that path one time or another. You will be brought back to this path. But we have to remember to give this other people that same respect and not to just dismiss them, you know, because our job right here is not to put stumbling blocks in front of one another, but to um, pave that road, you know, a little bit of humility. And I thank you so much, Three Wizard. And it's difficult to do sometimes, guys. Trust me. Trust me. I was uh, talking to Truth Patriot the other day, 
and and I wrestle often between you know my my Christ godly self and my Scottish self. You know, fortunately, the godly side always wins. Um, but you know, I do battle that. And I think all of us do it sometime is it's hard not to get riled up and angry, especially when you see what's going on in the world, what the government's doing to us, the tyranny, the evil and so forth. Sometimes we just want to shake our fist and throw some rocks. Um, I fight with this, you know, on a daily basis. And I think many of us do, but fortunately, um, before I throw those rocks, I get on my knees and I'm like, okay, God, sorry, I'm a little bit grumpy today. I probably shouldn't have watched news before I had my coffee. Um, you know, but God's always there to calm you down, to keep you right on the track that you need to. So, you know, before you make any move, remember that there's nothing that happens in our lives that God isn't, doesn't have a hand in always. Anything that we do, God's right there with us. He's walking us down that narrow path and he's helping us along. So if you get one of those days where you're angry, you're a little bit pissed, pardon me, you're just, um, upset with the world, stressed or angry. Just hop down on your knees for a moment. Sit down, close your eyes, fold your hands, do whatever you do, and just pray to God and ask Him for that assistance. And at the very least, He'll at least remove that negative, that negative energy or whatever it is that the anger, the hate, the the you know whatever it is. At least He'll remove it to where you can think clearly, and then He'll generally give you the answers. Like God's never forsaken any one of us. God always comes through. It's not necessarily on our time; it's on His time but we don't even know what real time anyways. We've all been manipulated so much about that stuff. So um, now we've got a, the Biden administration is importing millions of third world immigrants um, to live here illegally. At the same time, telling them that white people are the source of their problems. So how is this going to work out in the end? So I'm going to play this little clip right here. And I believe this is Tucker. Affirmative action and its new version, DEI, are of course by definition forms of anti-white racism. White men are at a structural disadvantage in getting jobs and getting contracts and getting into schools. There's kind of no pretending it's anything but what it seems to be. And most people know that. Few people understand just how corrosive this is to the country and to the idea of the country. So the arrangement that America's had with immigrants for over a hundred years has been Come to our country because there is opportunity here. And implied in that is meritocracy. If you work hard, if you have ability, you can ascend the ladder. But affirmative action and now DEI invert that arrangement. New immigrants to this country are told immediately that the people who founded the country, white men, are the problem. They are evil. So not only does this inculcate racism in our immigrants, which is a terrifying prospect, but it also makes the workplace a hellscape, a sort of corporate Jim Crow structure that degrades everyone and that's inherently immoral. Arvind Krishna is a perfect example of why this is a bad idea. Krishna is an immigrant to this country. He's clearly smart. He clearly works hard. In over 30 years, he's ascended to the top of IBM. He's now the CEO. But rather than promoting the ideas that made this country great, meritocracy, he has bought in completely, possibly because he has to, into our racial hierarchy, into our form of modern Jim Crow. So thanks to James O'Keefe, the journalist, we know what that looks like on the inside. Here is video that was leaked to O'Keefe of Krishna, the CEO of IBM, telling his employees to hire fewer white men or they will be punished. Their pay will be cut. Watch this. I'm very clear about this. I expect at the executive level, so that is not just my directs, but all executives in the company, have to move forward by 
on both underrepresented minorities. Well, let me say it, Asians in the US are not an underrepresented minority in a tech company. However, others are. Um, ditto on gender diversity. So we take underrepresented and gender. You got to move both forward by a percentage. That leads to a plus on your bonus. By the way, if you lose, you lose part of your bonus. So how did an immigrant to this country, who clearly has a lot going for him, probably arrived here thinking this was a meritocracy, wind up supporting racial fascism? It's a great question and one that we should think deeply about as tens of millions of new immigrants pour across our border. Exactly, Matt and Heb, it's all about money. This is all 100% about money. And more than that, actually, it's not 100% about money. It's mostly about money because they're making it, but they're also trying to, to create an army right here in our own country. And it's becoming more and more obvious as you see who's coming over, the amount of immigration that we've had just over this last three years, not to mention what's taken place over the last two to three months, is unheard of. It's never been seen before. And it irritates me that this is happening in general and that our government's allowing this, not only allowing it. You know, a lot of people are like, man, I can't believe our government's allowing this. No, they're making this happen. They're responsible for it. They are the reason these people are coming up here is because our government is pushing this from other countries. So it's like a little proxy movement. But we're seeing it more and more every single day. And in the last three months, it has become just unbelievable. I'm talking almost a million in the last or since October. And then we had the biggest surge um, ever in a single month in this December. And then we've got on top of that, one of the biggest surges ever coming up here as we speak. So the question is, is why? Why are they pushing them all through? Well, we're starting to see examples of this in over in other countries, you know, with the um, the crime going up, they're using it for that. They're using their, they're building little armies. The protesters that we see, the majority of them are these people that are coming over from other countries. Exactly. Flight works are coming over here to overtake us. And that is the reason that they are doing so. And, you know, so you ask yourself the question, um, you know, where do we run to? You know, we, we joke about that. We're like, oh man, I'd rather go to Russia right now. I'd be the only place left. And, and I, I, honestly, it's kind of where it is. True Patriot talks about the blue helmet battalions. That's exactly what these people are. Um, they, the, these are basically going to be the army for the blue hats. The United Nations military is going to be walking up in here, handing those, but they won't be dressed in blue helmets. They'll more than likely be dressed in like your typical American military gear. Um, they will be allowed to join our military as well. So here we are, we've got people right now at the very least, um, a lot of them are woke, but what happens when you bring somebody who's an American citizen and given an order by a colonel or a general to take down another American citizen? They're gonna think twice about it, but these people that are coming over, the immigrants, not so much. And they're basically sleepers and uh, they all have activation codes. I'm not sure if this is like MK Ultra or that people are willingly doing this, but at some point, there's going to be some kind of an activation, a word that goes out over the news, over the radio, over um, social media, something that everybody hears. And they're like, OK, it's time to act. And uh, Montana says very well could be guerrilla warfare patriots have to resort to. And you're right. Um, you know, we've already got a group of uh, veterans that are already stepping up and trying to gather and prepare for what's coming as well. And we're going to need to do what we can to protect our communities. But we need to, first off, you know, let prayer, let Jesus be the leader. Let him be the general that we have. We don't want to throw rocks without his permission. We don't want to pull the swords, you know. Those who live by the swords will die by the sword. But God didn't say don't use it because sometimes that day may come and we need to be prepared for it, you know. So, you know, get a little bit of practice. Get comfortable. 
um, you know, have everything polished and ready to go. Sharpen those swords. Do what you need to do. Have it ready. Because I would rather, and I've said it before, I would much rather be the warrior in the garden than the gardener in the war. And uh, one day we may be asked to come out of the garden, but at least we're going to be prepared to do so. And I'm not going to go down without a fight. I know many of you won't either. Because the last thing I'm going to do is I'm going to, the last thing I'm going to do is let go of my Bible. That, that'll, that's an instant death sentence. You come to my house, you are more likely to get my gun, which you won't. You're going to get the wrong end of it than you will my Bible. But I tell you right now, you come from my Bible, uh-uh. I will die. I will be beheaded for that. I will be shot in between the eyes. I don't really care. God first. I will die for my Heavenly Father. I know many of you will too, but we also need to step up and protect those in our own community. Um, right here, we have a lot of uh, of widows, You know, um, a lot of younger people, some of the older people that... Um, can't take care of themselves and that is our job right now to take care of ourselves to keep on praying first like i said first and foremost come together in the name of christ keep on praying because that prayer is going to keep us out of a lot of what's coming but you know god does want us to be able to protect ourselves and to protect those that cannot help themselves so um biden has been so right now biden is in the u.s virgin islands he's going to spend the rest of the year at the beach and he won't be back i don't know when i don't even know when our government's coming back Biden has spent 417 days, 39% of his presidency on vacation. So meanwhile, more than 200,000 illegals have invaded our country just in December. And all of our Congress and our senators and the administration and Biden, they're all off playing games, enjoying their little rich vacations while we all suffer. And we're just happy to get that day off where we're it, sitting at home eating popcorn and watching football or something like that. You know, we... we we're at the point where we just want that little bit of a break, but these guys are off. We're paying for their nice extravagant vacations and they don't really care. You know, if you have an emergency and I've used this analogy before, you know, a hurricane, ask, ask anyone here that lives in Florida, ask a little, ask our brother, Steve Cusick, you know, what happens if, uh, do, do they allow the electric trucks and the emergency responding units? Do they allow them days off? You know, if they're, they're normal days off during, um, an emergency like a hurricane? Absolutely not. They, they're on call. They're ready to go. They're definitely not going to be taking their day off. They're going to be working harder than they ever have. They don't get that time off. Well, how is what we are dealing with any different than an earthquake, a hurricane, anything like that, when we literally have an invasion of people coming across our border at the very least, not to mention all the other things? It's the same exact scenario. These people did not need, they need to be on call. They need to be making legislation. They'd be writing laws. They need to be fixing this problem. But instead they keep using this just like they do every four years when they need to get elected again. They, they always do the same thing is uh, Democrats are the only people that support black people. Um, we, we, there's racism in this country. Uh, you know, you guys are, are bigots and, and, and uh, haters if you're against migration um if you say anything negative about the lgbtq you're you're a homophobe i mean they play the same games every single um round of elections um so many people used to fall for it but we're now past that point people are waking up they're not falling for it anymore they see what's happening you know they've been told for the last three years how terrible things were under trump and how amazing things are here and there are some people that still buy into this and still believe this but the majority don't majority of us look into our bank account and we're having to pinch pennies, spend less on Christmas, um, decide, well, do I want to get a little bit more food or do I want to get gas in my car? We're having to make those decisions. We open up our wallet and the dust goes, poof, 
You know, that's where the majority of us are. And no matter how much the mainstream media tries to tell us that we're in a better place under Biden than we were under Trump, the majority of people in this country aren't stupid. Matter of fact, even the stupid people aren't stupid. They're just brainwashed and they hate so much that they're just going to willingly go through and vote for the same thing. But that was also the past. Too much pride, exactly. Um, This is where we are now. But a lot of people are waking up. A lot of people are moving on. It's a good thing. So, you know, more important than waking them up to what's happening in this world, to the corruption, the tyranny and so forth, which is important because the devil's behind all of this. First and foremost, I need to find God. We are people are running out of time. Um, you know, it's not like, uh, oh man, I forgot to bring the garbage can out to the street. Oh, well, I'll get it next week. Look, if you haven't found redemption, if you haven't reached out and had that relationship with Christ, um, there isn't going to be a, oh, I missed that period. Well, I'll just do it next week. (laughs) It's not going to work like that. And since we don't know when that day is, the time is now. And when Jeff comes on, he's going to be talking a whole lot about this as he should. Um, cause right now, this is about the salvation of the world, getting people on building our army because we're going to enter some pretty rough times coming up. I can promise you that. So next up, basically, our government is funded completely by China. How is this not treason? I just left the House floor after voting no on the Republican sham impeachment inquiry resolution. They have no evidence. All right. First, let me say that I think the entire impeachment of Biden thing is just a waste of time. Agreed. Even if the House does impeach him. Senate is a Democrat majority. They're never going to vote to kick him out of office. So who gives a shit? But you can't claim there's no evidence. Let me explain to you one little thing. And you tell me whether or not that's not the most obvious corruption. Okay, look, so when Biden left office as the vice president, he immediately had a new job. And that was being a professor at University of Pennsylvania. He was given a salary of $1 million a year. He didn't teach any classes. He didn't hold any seminars. In fact, throughout the entire time of him being a member of the faculty there, he spent a total of eight minutes on that campus. Now, is that fucked up? Sure. Does it rise to the level of corruption? No, that alone is not corruption. However, here's the corruption. Biden's actual job at the University of Pennsylvania was to preside over the Biden Institute for Global Engagement, which was a new program at the University of Pennsylvania, completely funded by $54 million in anonymous donations from China. Over the four years that Biden worked at the University of Pennsylvania, basically China paid the university $50 million and paid Joe Biden $4 million, because that's where the money for his pay came from. So over that period, he was indirectly paid $4 million from Chinese donations. That's not even the totality of the corruption, because 10 people who are now members of Biden's national security team were also employed by that same institute and paid through Chinese donations. What you have here is not an institute for global studies. No, what you have is a Chinese-funded prep for when Biden would take office. You have Joe Biden and 10 other people working for this institute completely and totally funded through anonymous Chinese donations, completely and totally paid by anonymous Chinese donations. And then just four years later, Biden and all of those 10 people are now in charge of the government. 11 people completely funded by the Chinese government for the entire four years during Trump's presidency are now the president and the national security team not going to convince me that wasn't intentional and you're sure as hell not going to convince me that wasn't corrupt and he's 100 percent right apologize for usually give the language warning i forgot about at that time but but he's right this is where we are right now 
um, we all of these little things, and they they're really good about it. You know, we discussed art in the in the past, and and certain other things like book deals. Is that there's certain things that you'll pay and you won't pay more for, you know, because they have a designated price. And I'll just use the example of uh, cars, um, trucks. When you go out and purchase, you know, a car that's typically eighteen thousand, you're not going to go into somewhere and then pay. $30,000 for the same car that you can get 18000 somewhere else. Now, when you're dealing with book deals, art, and stuff like that, it's subjective. It's what is somebody willing to pay for it. So they utilize certain things in order to money launder because, you know, if you're selling a painting for a million dollars, it doesn't look so odd because, once again, art is one of those things that somebody will pay or they're worth what someone's willing to pay. Um, book deals are the same way. Often these they, they know that these books aren't going to sell whatsoever. So what they do is they'll give like James Comey or some of these people a book deal. And then that's how they get their money. So they'll be like, okay, we're going to give you a $2 million book deal. And that's ultimately how they got paid for their corruption. Well, this is exactly what this was. Only China was paying Biden um, for future favors, you know, as when he became president. So don't think for a second that CCP specifically um, – wasn't part of what's going on right there um, with China or with uh, Joe Biden getting into the residency of the White House at this point. Um, they are sneaky. You know, same thing with war. They say we're at war. We, we need to do something now or else it's going to come over to our country. So they always use the same thing. The greatest tactic ever to get people on board with anything is fear. You know, it falls into the problem um, solution reaction. So the person that creates the problem is also the one that comes up with the solution and ultimately reacts on that by taking away something from us. So it's usually, you know, like the Patriot Act, great example. They took away liberties and they took away freedoms for temporary safety. But, you know, Benjamin Franklin said that anyone who is willing to give up freedom and liberty for a little bit of temporary safety deserves neither freedom or liberty or safety, period. We, we need to step up and, and do what we need to do. And handing away freedoms is only going to end up in a – because trust me, it ain't going to stop there. Notice they never went back. They're like, this is going to be a temporary thing, the Patriot Act. And here we are all these years later, and we're still under the Patriot Act and then worse versions of it, bit by bit taking away our freedoms. You know, it was kind of like – um anything in this world is they always want to start small. You know, I'm going to use pedophilia um, as an example. There was a, a video or a, a show that I did when I was doing a, like way, way back. This was in 2017 when I was doing a show called a Patriot, um, or excuse me, a Fortnite Patriots. And in this show, I spent going into detail as to where I thought this world was going with um, child endangerment, pedophilia, um, indoctrination, and so forth. And I hit the nail on the head, like looking at where we are today, um, I saw things happening bit by bit then, but the layout was pretty much dead on. And it all started just like everything else. It stopped small so that you think, okay, well, this is, this is just something, it's no big deal. It's just temporary. So for instance, with the indoctrinated children, the pedophilia and so forth, um, most people in this world would have absolutely been enraged. If an adult was to hook up with a, with a child under the age of 18 years old, because in most states, that's not legal. Um, and in those states that it are, we would still question it like, OK, well, it may be 16, but I don't agree with that. It's still morally wrong and so forth. So what do they do? 
they start off with the the older younger teacher i'm gonna say 21 year old female and and 17 year old boy who's about to turn 18 who's a student teacher hooks up with them and then our first reaction you know we should be appalled like oh my gosh i can't believe that a teacher just hooked up with a younger student but what is the reaction to this you go in and you read comments on any of these things and you've got loads of people that are like oh man that dude's lucky hooking up with his hot teacher so they start off that right off the bat because now you've already been desensitized a little bit you're, you're now going okay well you know well it was a 21 year old teacher and the kid was almost 18 and he was a boy and it was two as a female and then the next step is they do the same thing in reverse to where they'll have like let's say an 18 year old boy or a 19 year old boy hooking up with a female um, who's under the age of 18. you're like well well they're only two years apart you know so you start seeing those excuses and then bit by bit it never stops it, it's not like it's going to stop right there they keep on pushing those limits more and further and further and further and further to where we are exactly where we are today and our government does this with things like the patriot act removing things temporarily well we're we're only temporarily locking you down but trust me we may not be locked down right now um per se but it's coming again they they use these little stepping stones because they're not so overwhelming and it's like a frog in boiling water you put a frog in normal water and you turn that thing up to 500 that frog will stay in that water and it will boil itself alive because that the heat raising that temperature is so gradual that the frog doesn't realize it and it's the same exact thing that's happening right here it's the same thing with a dog in a chain like if you have a hundred links on a chain and you remove one length like every day um, that dog won't notice that, that that lead is getting shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. And then eventually he's only got three links left in that thing and he didn't even realize what happened. This is what the same game that they play on us because if things happen so fast, we are aware of it. We're like, uh-uh, I'm putting my foot down, boom, red line, not going to happen. But if they do things so slow that we don't see it, this is where we end up today. History being removed, indoctrinated children, blacks can't be racist whites are only racist and so forth we have literally rolled ourselves into this and now they have got people in our country and other countries around this world supporting the same things in their own countries um great example here um speaking of doing things slowly and then uh rolling people over so this dude is so dead on he does this little breakdown of a uh, taylor swift um, and I'll get into this here in a moment. I'm going to play this three minutes and 13 seconds long. And he talks about some other people as well, but he's dead on with his analysis right here on Taylor Swift. So Taylor Swift is finally showing you guys who she truly is. And you're still not paying attention, huh? She literally called herself a witch in this tweet. Billboard chart says this is a song for all the lonely witches. Y'all think they're just putting on an artistic act? This woman was on tour going state to state doing live rituals on stage and nobody's paying attention to it, huh? You're that brainwashed. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a serpent behind her. Y'all waking up yet? Last week's sweetheart has turned to this week's witch. In that video, she was acting like she was in hell. So yeah, last week's sweetheart has turned to this week's witch in hell. 
but are you catching on yet? Zena LaVey. Who is Zena LaVey, you might ask? She's Anton LaVey's daughter. Anton LaVey was the founder of the Satanic Church. And his daughter, Zena LaVey, was a high priestess for Satan. Safe to say she was a witch. Oh, how the resemblance is remarkable. So America's sweetheart blew up being America's sweetheart. But now she's trying to make it cool to be a witch. Hmm, why is that? Well, I said it before, you do not get this big without certain contracts being signed. They got her right where they wanted her just so they can turn her around so she can manipulate the youth. The kids love Taylor Swift. But instead of being a great role model that she built her fan base off of, now she wants to be a witch. Y'all see the switch? And this isn't something new. Billie Eilish with children. Building a fan base with children. Then all of a sudden she made a song called All the Good Girls Go to Hell. Now this is your Billy. Now this is your Billy. And all the brainwash would call it artistic. Little Nas X built a fan base off of children. They blew this man up out of nowhere. Then what happened? Out of nowhere, he switched. Next thing we know, he's sliding from heaven into hell. Even gave him his own satanic shoe. They had 666 on him. Also, Luke 1018, the verse in the Bible where Satan fell like lightning. So do you guys see the comparison? Do you guys see the pattern? Do you guys see who they're after? They're so Miley Cyrus did the same exact thing. And it's the same playbook. First off, before I get into that even, you know, I see multiple of you, True Patriot, we're all in. Um, it's amazing how much um, LeVay's daughter looks like Taylor Swift. They literally could be twins or a clone. I don't know how this works, but definitely do so. Um, it's it's crazy how much they look alike. You know, Billie um, Eilish, um, same exact thing. She started off um, all about, you know, the children you know, getting, building that fan base, the same exact thing that uh, Hannah Montana, AKA Miley Cyrus, um, little Nas, all of them have done. They start off doing these like, you know, Ken Fridley pop songs. They build up this huge following. The kids just absolutely start loving them and worshiping them. And then they start to make this slow transition into sexuality, demonic, um, you know, attributes to their shows, singing about witches, talking about Satan openly, um, literally doing incantations and satanic practices and occult practices right up there on their stage as part of their stage show. And like he said, he goes, and then people just call it art. Look, it's not art. I do art. I do art all the time, but you know, I don't do evil art. You know, I do art that represents, you know, my faith, my belief, you know, there may be a darkness to it, but it's always a God conquers all. Um, not like, Satan loves you and, and come to hell with this. It's going to be great. And that's kind of what these people are preaching right now. They've done it over and over and over again. Mickey Mouse, what? that's the reason that Disney is so bad and so easy for them to do what they do is because their whole engagement is about children. Parents don't necessarily, I mean, well, we, we go to, I mean, parents used to go to Disney and, and, you know, whether they admit it or not, it was fun. They had a good time on the rides, but nonetheless, they go there for their children. Their children um, grow up into this, and they don't realize that they're slowly being indoctrinated into mainly witchcraft, um, because that's what fairy tales, like, you, you show me any Disney movie, cartoon, or anything that's ever been, like, 
God heavy, talking about Jesus and God. Matter of fact, the last Disney movie that came out, I can't remember the name of it, literally was kind of anti-Jesus. They, they threw like Christian jabs in this movie. Um, and that's what we see. And that's what they do is that we think it's harmless. But, you know, this guy makes a good point later on in this video is he was like, our eyes and our ears are portals for everything. We start letting this stuff in by, by listening to it, by watching it. Um, we, we see the symbolism. Um, even, you know, it, it's important that you're aware of it because it doesn't affect you as bad. But nonetheless, by putting money, by donating, you know, giving money to Disney, Disney Channel, um, any of this stuff, you're giving them a thumbs up. You're saying that it's okay. And that's the point of what they do is that they always have to tell you what their plans are. That's part of the rules. They can't just go do evil. They have to tell you the evil that they're going to do. And when we don't act, you know, because like I said, is in, in some ways, what's worse than the evil person, but the good person to stand by and watches the evil person do what they're doing without intervening or stopping it. Well, it's no different than we participate and we donate, we give funds and we support these things as we're literally telling them it's okay. And that's all the reason that they tell us what they're going to do is because they need us to back them up. So silence is a yes in, in evil symbolism in their language. So we need to do what we can. And it's easy, you know, because we even had this discussion amongst the family the other day, um, you know, because I've got a wonderful, beautiful family that lives across the street from me. Um, they've got children. They grew up, you know, um, going, you know, with the Disney thing. And they, they did not know what we know today. So for me, it was a whole lot easier to walk away from Disney and say, I'm never going to watch Disney. I'm not going to give any money to Disney again. It was easy for me because I've got no children. Um, but what's it like for a family that grew up, you know, raising their children where they started to love things like Minnie Mouse and Pluto and Goofy and, and they don't realize that it's not innocent stuff. You know, as a parent, you know, how do you back away from that? Because, you know, if I was to become a father, I'd want, you know, I say that I would like, no, I want my kids to know everything from the get go. But at the same time, do we want to ruin the innocence of our child, have them looking at the world negatively, or do we want to prepare them for the evil that's out there? And it's a tough decision as a non-parent. Um, I don't feel like I really have much say in this discussion because what I feel like I would do now may be different when I have my kid and, and I'm looking at their sweet little innocent eyes, wanting to do everything that I can for them like any parent would. Um, it's a tough decision, you know, and I would love to hear, you know, some of you guys comments on, on how you would deal with something like that. Do you just uh, pull the bandaid off and be like, listen, sweetheart, no more Disney for you. Um, you know, it kind of falls straight into the whole Santa Claus thing. You know, it's like we, we love the, the feeling of Christmas and, and the smiles on our children's faces, you know, but one day you, you got to pull that bandaid off and be like, you know, and real quick, if there's any children listening to this tomorrow, uh, close their little ears. Cause I'm going to break a hard truth that, uh, Santa, well, he's not real. And I'm sorry, guys. I know, I know there may be a couple of in here that didn't know that. I hate to be the one to break it to you. Um, but, but joking all aside, you know, it's one of those things we love to, make and see our kids smile and do all these little things. And it's fun playing Santa as a parent. We all know how fun it is, you know, sitting up, putting everything together and the excitement of just watching those little ones come running out of their room and ripping into their presence. And, you know, I mean, it's all fun. Um, I mean, first and foremost, obviously, if they 
aren't talking about Jesus and praying before they do all this stuff and, uh, you know, explaining what the real point of Christmas is. And there's a big problem anyways, but nonetheless, it's a difficult one. So DJ Shaw says, I burnt all my videos when my kids were little. See, that's good. So, you know, so what happens when you get like a six or seven year old that have watched those movies and they're like, well, why did you burn my movie? See, that's a tough one. It's a tough one. Like I said, we want to protect our children from the evil, um, but we also don't want them to like ruin the innocence of these children while they're so young and, and don't realize how bad some of the stuff in the world is. It's easier as a parent, like today, if you were to have a child already knowing how evil this is, never introducing this stuff to them to begin with. But it, like I said, it's even more difficult when you find out well into their childhood and then having to rip that stuff out of their hands and start pulling Mickey posters off their walls. Um, nonetheless, uh, last thing that we want is for our kids to get pulled into this without understanding the true dangers that come along with a lot of what the entertainment business is putting out. So um, next, uh, so I'm putting this in my category of what in the heck. Um, if you have to give Alexa a try, just know. So listen to this real quick. After the apocalypse, the United Nations States of America, UNSA, replaced the United States of America. Welcome to your... Okay, so I got a lot of questions about that. I'm going to play that again so you guys can, can digest this for a second. This was Alexa. After the apocalypse, the United Nations States of America, UNSA, replaced the United States of America. Well okay, so first off, what apocalypse are they talking about? And next off, the United Nations States of America. When she goes in and she asks that question specifically, what is the United Nations States of America? Um, Alexa specifically says that after the apocalypse, um, that the United Nations State of, of uh, America is going to uh, you know, be renamed, and this is because of the whole New World Order and America's involvement and all this other stuff. And it is demonic prophecy. Like, I agree with you 100%, but it's crazy what they're, like, openly talking about. And uh, fortunately, I believe, you know, the rapture is going to come before apocalypse, so we want to have to see this stuff. But, like, there's more and more of this crazy stuff. And and I, I'm right there with Flightwork Mary. She said demonic prophecy. Like, I believe that all this artificial intelligence, I believe they're fallen angels. I don't believe that it's just uh, some, like, computer algorithm i literally feel like this is demons that are out there trying to mislead and and do so but uh it goes further and talks about america's involvement um in all the world and that's why they ended up naming it the united nations of america's because we're ultimately the america is going to be the stronghold for the new world order according to what this whole like um alexa thing was but nonetheless crazy would you expect anything less in 2024 not me man this date it's already been a crazy one so far so next uh meet the dude who was in charge of jeffrey epstein's autopsy and this is kind of crazy too and I, I knew one of these but i didn't realize all of them so he came out of retirement just for epstein also did george floyd's autopsy he also did oj simpson's case autopsy he also did John F. Kennedy's autopsy. This man's 88 years old, um, and he just happens to be the one that, that performed the autopsy for John F. Kennedy, O.J. Simpson's uh, murder, uh, George Floyd, and Epstein. So I'm sure that is absolutely not a coincidence whatsoever. But the Epstein stuff is rolling out more and more. Now, there is some people that are trying to push the 
the quote flight logs online right now. Just be very careful about that because I've seen the same things that they're putting out right now. I have in my computer already. We've been talking about this. We've seen it a long time ago. So there's something more to it. Um, and I don't believe that the stuff that they're supposed to be releasing is coming out yet. But nonetheless, it just shows you um, how these people will do whatever they can to take to, to protect one another as much as possible. And uh, Epstein knew way too much. Do I believe that he's dead? I don't. I believe he's probably somewhere hanging out somewhere um, f as a free man as we are right now. Um, but I, I, I don't know that for sure. Or at the very least, he didn't commit suicide. He was murdered to keep his mouth shut. So that would also be something that I could see happening as well. So next, and I love this, this is um, Antonio Sabata Jr. says, Amidst the crazy and evil challenges, remember that the only way to fight the devil is with the power of the Holy Spirit. So keep Jesus Christ close. And I'm so happy to see more and more, um, some more and more actors and, and entertainers that are actually coming out. But notice all these actors and entertainers, the ones that are open Christians right now, um, are the ones that are walking away from Hollywood and they're becoming part of, of more Christian studios. Matter of fact, um, last time I had Antonio Sabata Jr. on our show, he literally talked about a production company that him and some friends were working on, um, partly Arizona, I believe, down in Florida as well. But they're, they're Christian studios, period. They only make Christian-based and uh, scriptural-based films. So it's awesome to see that. Um, I'm hoping that the Hollywood as we know it dies off and it's replaced with uh, good, wholesome stuff. And I'm not talking like Hallmark because Hallmark's not even wholesome anymore. They've fallen into the woke crowd and they've always they have to – they have to have their their gay quota, their their equity quotas in like every movie now, and it's getting sad because that was the one place that we used to go, um, you know, for mainstream where we had wholesome stuff, but not much longer. So scorecard first day of twenty twenty four. So this is um some of the things that have happened uh, right here today. So you guys remember the punk band Green Day back in the day? Yeah, just like Rage Against the Machine. Um, now they are raging with the machine and Green Day is no longer a anti-establishment punk band. They are part of the establishment 100%. And literally last night they redid the words to American Idiot, whatever that song was, to make it an anti-MAGA song. So surprise, surprise, surprise. And in order for you to have attended that concert, guess what you had to be vaccinated. So we wouldn't have been there anyways. Next, we had a train derailment in San Francisco. We had a huge, huge earthquake over in Japan. As a matter of fact, Japan has had like um, hundreds of earthquakes in the last 48 hours, um, anywhere from 2.5s all the way up to a 7.4. There's a mess over there, lots of fires, a lot of damage and so forth happened over New Year's. There was also a mass shooting in L.A. on top of the uh, some storm system that's been nailing the coast of California. I'm talking like 30, 40-foot waves just bashing the coast there was a um another earthquake i think a five point something off of uh los angeles today um and then uh, yeah and this is all on the first day of 2024 not to mention an assassination attempt and it may have been an assassination i don't know yet i haven't heard any more of the uh opposition to the south korea party so um this one right here is awesome too so he doesn't ever mention Jesus or God. I wish that he would in this right here, but he still brings up some pretty valuable points. Um, so you know, it's something that we've discussed before as well about the manipulation of time. 
how if they can control us in every way and confuse us in every way, we get confused and we don't understand and we just start falling in line going, okay. And we don't even ask like normal questions anymore. Like, wait a minute, how can this be? Um, especially when Latin word prefixes don't line up with, you know, months we talked about before, like oct means eight, sept, you know, seven, dis is, um, des is 10 and so forth. Um, so I'm going to play this little clip for you real quick and listen to what he has to say. And he's kind of dead on. This is all about, um, manipulation of time. Hey, what's going on? It's me again. You know what time it is. Quick question. Can we stop celebrating New Year's in the middle of winter? First, we don't need calendars to tell us when the new year begins. The new year begins whenever the first seeds bear the first fruit and flowers. Second, King Numa Pompilius, or Emperor of Rome, Rome again, is the grandfather of the Gregorian calendar that we still follow to this day. And he only added January and February so that we could align our calendars with the lunar year because that's how they worship. Three, we all watching this video probably speak basic Latin, basic Spanish. We understand octo, ocho, octopus, octagon mean eight. We understand nueve, nove, nobente mean nine, nine, and ninety. We understand diez, dec, decimal, decagon mean ten. If octo, nove, and dec mean eight, nine, and ten, then why are October, November, and December our 10th, 11th, and 12th months? They shifted three. You understand? So if we shift three from December, that's January, February, March, meaning March, the beginning of spring, i.e. when the first seeds bear the first fruit and flowers is when the new year really begins. You understand? And it goes on to say that if we start from March, let's count March, April, May, June, July is the fifth month. August is the sixth month. September is the seventh month again. October is the eighth month again. November is the ninth month again. And December is the tenth month again, ending the year, starting back over in March. The thing that we don't understand is that all of our days do not have the same time. All of our days are not the same length, are not the same duration. This is why the summer solstice is not the same day every year. There is not the same amount of time in every year. There is not the same amount of time in every day. This is a provable fact. Which is why June 29th this year, during the summer solstice, we had the shortest day ever in recorded history. Right after we had three supermoons and two eclipses, but right before they fought the Large Hadron Particle Collider. They want us to be giving our New Year's affirmations during the time of Nimrod's birthday, or the celebrations of Saturnalia and Marduk, which are Babylonian practices, so that we can misappropriate our vibrations. We're supposed to be giving our New Year's affirmations and manifestational vibrations when the earth is giving the vibration to create life in spring when we bear fruit. Do we understand these things? And I love you, so I'm going to tell you the truth. So can we please stop wasting these New Year's affirmations? Can we please stop wasting this manifestational energy? Can we please stop even giving this Christmas thing a shot? But that's a whole nother question. That's a whole nother video. But at the same time, I love y'all today. I don't know if anybody told you today, but I love you. I love you. I love you first. And if I did love you first, then I'm up one. So with everything that's been said, I love you. I love you. And I love you. Unconditional love, infinite light, always connect all things. And I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, I wish he had talked more about Jesus and God, but he's, um, and I'm pretty sure he loves us. Apparently, according to him, he does love us, Matt and Hev. Um, but he brought us some really good points. And that's the thing is that we've been manipulated on so many things. And I see people bringing um, some things in here too. So Robin recovering our end says the days will be shortened in the end times. We had a discussion. Um, it was a uh, moon wolf. And I had a discussion about this the other night. And, you know, I was, I was simply saying is that you're noticing that 
we we the, the time change that they have is for farmers to get up and have light earlier in the morning as well as um, children to be safer out at the bus stop but it's not getting light here the sun doesn't start coming up until like 753 you know so it's still it's darker later than it was before the time change and then it's getting dark the sun starts going down about 5 five thirty. So we're getting um, completely dark here by about six o'clock. And during the summer, you know, obviously we'll have light until about nine, but it's also light, you know, as early as seven o'clock in the morning. So I'm not sure what the heck is going on. But as Robin says, there, there's be a time in the end days where the days would be getting shorter. Exactly. So Matthew 24, 22. Thank you very much. Um, and, and I hate this time change too. I, I, I actually prefer more light at night um, so I can keep on getting stuff done. Um, but like I said, is it doesn't matter what it is, everything on both ends, early and late, is getting darker later, and, and uh, it's getting darker earlier in the afternoon. So we are kind of reaching that whole point. Um, so next we have uh, um, Axelrod. So you guys remember um, Axelrod. He was a, a Biden guy. Um, he says, this won't end well for Democrats. People see right through their agenda to stop Trump. And it has only emboldened his supporters. So even, even the evil people that are part of the Obama and Biden like group are like, you know, starting to get a little nervous because they're realizing that absolutely everything that they've done to go after Trump has completely backfired. Not only backfired um, in, a, in a little way, it's backfired in a major way to where it's literally swinging people over on the Trump side instead of doing what they wanted to and pulling Trump people away from Trump. So now these people are freaking out um, and more and more people, even Trump came out and said that Biden was not going to be the one that he's running against uh, in the in the general. So and that's not a surprise to any of us. And why? Well, first off, we got Joe Biden right here. Um, and I'm sorry, you know, guys, I usually avoid these. This is only this is less than a minute. But this right here is the reality of where we are. And this is a, a juxtaposition of different things that Biden has talked about about the election. So remember, keep this in mind as they went after Trump for questioning the election. But but this right here, this is A-OK, I guess, because it's Biden. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. Folks, we got a lot of work to do. I don't really need you to get me elected. I need you once I'm elected. No longer just who gets to vote or making it easy for eligible people to vote. It's about who gets to count the vote and whether your vote counts at all. It's about who gets to count the votes, whether they should count at all. Who gets to count the vote, count the vote, count the vote. It's about election subversion, not just whether or not people get to vote. Who counts the vote? Yeah, that's pretty disgusting. Yeah, he does talk like a communist. Um, I mean, they're just saying it like straight out, like no big deal. It's like, hey, it's not about the people, what the vote is. It's a matter about the people that count the vote. And they're trying to make it seem like we're the ones that are doing the shady stuff. And it's like, look, when I say we, um, I, I'm talking about the good people, but we all know that there is no two-party system. There's no Democrat. There's no Republican. They're all on the same side. It's the same two-headed coin it's a uniparty system, so they are the ones that are cheating, but ultimately he's right. It comes down to the vote. Now, they somehow managed to convince people in this country, not everybody, but some, 
that Biden had like 80 million plus votes. That last one got more votes than Obama did, which we all know is absolute BS. Not any way that could have happened. But now with what's going on with all of the diversion and distraction put on that have just been backfiring, Trump has got such a following right now that they're absolutely in no way going to be able to cheat this the way that they've been cheating it before. Because all of a sudden now they're going to be like, well, okay, how did we end up with a million more votes and we had people living in our country? That's kind of where this whole thing is heading, which is why they're starting to do um, other tactics now. Um, you know, the the soft coups, the color revolutions, whatever you want to call them already and trying to remove Trump from ballots and so forth. But even that is starting to backfire on them. So what's going to end up happening? We talked about this. Joe Biden will end up dropping out. Question is, is who's going to be the big replacement? I think many of us say Newsom or, or Big Mike. Um, but there's been some other things, too, as well, that's come up. And Vivek Ramaswamy has been openly talking about this. And like I said last week, um, one of the comments that he made is it's not who you think it is. It's way worse. You know, so I'm like, whoa, what could be way worse than than Newsom and Biden and uh, some of the other people that, you know, Big Mike, you know. So and then, you know, but then again, you got to think is uh, Susan Rice and Valerie Jarrett and uh, John Podesta, these are some of the people that uh, were mentioned here in the chat. And, well, I would say they categorize worse than anybody that I've even mentioned, even Big Mike. Um, so next, uh, and, and, you know, I, people are getting real fed up, and, and I don't blame them. He says, I'm sorry, I just don't care anymore. I'm so tired of the crazy. I'm prepared to die for what I know is right. There is a huge difference between right and wrong. They will have to kill me before I take a knee. Is that what they are planning on doing? And and I think part of that is, is there, they want to lull us into criminal activity or something, which is why we have to be very cautious, understand our rights. Um, but once again, they don't even abide by our rights anymore, much less uh, amendments constitution. They don't care about any of this stuff. Um, it's all on the wayside. It's all been ripped apart, thrown into the garbage can. They absolutely don't care. But he asked, is that what they are planning on doing? It's to getting us to the point where we're ready to die for our God, for our country, and for our cause. It's a very good possibility. And uh, we know darn well that they are doing everything they can to walk us right into a civil war, even to the point where they are we're literally releasing a movie um, next uh, here, probably I think in the next month or two, called Civil War, which is all about that. And it's all about trying to make the Patriots look bad. So, surprise. Um exhausted by brewing anger and you're right dj um we're all getting to that point where you know and, and there's a difference we talked about you know like hateful anger and righteous anger and the majority of this that we have is righteous anger it's because we're tired of watching people that we love or those that are you know part of our extended family uh you know whether christian families and so forth um getting pooed on by our government you know it, it's and it's and worse like everyone is struggling right now Homeless or, you know, our veterans are homeless. There's a lot of them out there that they just don't have a place to live or anything to eat. And then they're taking care of immigrants that are coming in who are just literally utilized and dying exactly where we're all in, you know, um, and it, it's disgusting. So as a Christian, as a good Christian person, how can we sit back and not have at the very least that righteous anger? And there's a point where it, it is, it's brewing and brewing and brewing. And one day, it's going to be over because courage inspires courage. You're going to have someone that gets out there and does what's right, 
And we're like, yes, that needed to happen. The media is going to try to flip it, make look like they're evil, they're terrorists and doing bad things, but it's going to be too late. And many of us are going to step up and start doing what we need to do. There's, like I said, there, there'll come a time where good people are forced to do questionable things. Um, you know, uh, great Papa Steve says, I'm so upset with the people taking the vaccine. Well, fortunately we have had, um, many of our senators and Congress have actually stood up and signed some papers right now saying that it needs to be removed. And, and I'm grateful for that. So I don't know where it's going to go. It, this is like, in my opinion, way too late because this has been going on for four years now, you know? So at the very least when they try to, I mean, I guess do something now so the next time they try to push what on us and then they'll be like oh well no, no this is a different vaccine this new one's okay see i don't trust any of our people anymore so you know um great papa steve says a neighbor man died three days ago i'm so sorry to hear that brother um you know and and i've even mentioned on the show just over the last couple of shows we've done is friends and family members and so forth that are all um passing away or getting really ill and the one thing they have in common is they all took the vaccination you know, um, Mary says every day of your life prior to this tipping point is preparation. And I agree, you know, the first thing you should do in preparation is pray, 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 but then, you know, food and so forth, but God will lead you, you know, ask God, like God, what do I need? How much of a supply do I need? And so forth. Like you ask God directly. Those are one of those things that God will definitely answer. Um, and not just put some random thing in your life, which builds you to that point of, of strength or courage or whatever. He's going to make sure that you have everything that you need, water, food, shelter, air, fire, anything like that. So get prepared now while you guys can. Um, next is, uh, and this is awesome too. So 231 service members and veterans have signed a letter to inform military leaders that there is a group of troops and vets that are pledging to the American public that they will do everything lawfully within their power to stop the willful destruction of our military by its own leaders, um, which is amazing. And I'm so glad to see in that because I'm seeing more and more different veteran groups step up um, and they're preparing, you know, whether it be, you know, against the military trying to get them to stop doing the, the bad things they're doing or whether it be um, getting people together right now in order to prepare for incoming invasions and so forth. So I'm reading different groups of vets that are coming together and doing something, and this is where we need to jump on. Guys, we have the ability to um, have a um, regulated militia. So for all those idiot liberals that are out there that are like, oh, no, no, man, regulated militia means our military. No, it doesn't. A regulated militia is made up of the people of this country. Regulated meaning you don't have idiots like me running the battle. Um, I don't have the experience um, and I'm too off the wire and ready to throw rocks and pull that sword. I will happily fall in line and become one of the warriors, but regulated. People that have served time, people that are ex-colonels, ex-generals, ex-captains that have war and military experience coming together and organizing things to where we're not going all willy-nilly running in and creating problems and, and dying ourselves, but doing it in a way that keeps people safe, that keeps people in line, that keeps people doing things lawful. That is a well-regulated militia, and it's happening. Like I said, so what do we do? We fall in line with those veterans um, that have had the experience, that know what they're doing, and uh, 
getting a game plan going. That way, like I said, is because imagine if you had a whole bunch of people like me running into a war. That war would be over quick because we'd be all crazy. We'd be a bunch of berserkers and wouldn't be well planned, no operational or situational awareness or anything like that. So that's why it's important to have the well-regular militia. That way we are doing it within our constitutional laws and we're not just going around killing anybody that looks at us funny. Because there's days like that where you think everyone's looking at you funny. Um, next one is uh, everyone who is supporting Donald Trump for president in 2024 needs to hear this. So Steve Bannon just went on record and said that there will be a kind of fight within the RNC come springtime where they attempt to force Trump to pick Nikki Haley as vice president. And, uh, you know, at this point, um, someone asked me the other day, like, if Trump was to pick Nikki Haley as a VP, would you still vote for him? And my answer is no. Because if he picks Nikki Haley as VP, it shows me that he hasn't learned a damn thing, that he's still listening to the wrong people. And I don't want that. I'm getting away from this thing. Um, no compromise. Hold your foot down. Look what happens with compromise. Some of the things that happened last time Trump was president, we end up in some pretty crazy situations that we don't need to be in. So, like I said, no more compromise. Done. Zero. You pick a rhino. You pick some globalist to be one of your administration, you're going to lose your fan base. You're going to lose your votes. You ain't going to have it any longer. Um, and then we're going to be forced to take over this country ourselves. Um, you know, and then even Tucker came out the other day saying that, you know, with all the things and he went through and he listed all the things they've gone after president Trump for, um, they're running out of options and they're basically being left with one of the few options left, which is assassinating Trump. And sadly, that wouldn't surprise me because um, we know they've already tried some assassinated some assassination attempts against him while he was president. Um, but I'm surprised he must have God watching over him or some major protection because, man, he should have been dead a long time ago. So I'm, it's it, like I said, it's coming. Yeah. And in terms says uh, Tucker is CIA um, and Trump is part of the scheme. And that's one thing that, you know. I'm back and forth on, I wish that I had all the information that I needed. Um, but like I always say is that at this point, I'm absolutely cautious about everything. I know that Trump's pop had to deal with the CIA as well. Um, and you know, and I've seen some really good things talking about Trump's association with antichrist and all the things that he's doing that fits in the scriptural prophet. Like I said, we're in some crazy, crazy times right now. Um, you know, that's why I put all my faith in God and, uh, ask for that discernment. And like I said, I still don't even believe that we're going to get out and vote at this point. Don't even believe we're going to get out and vote. I don't think there's going to be a 2024 election. So uh, white people suffer from pathological altruism. So who bl um, we blame ourselves for the failures of others. We lower our standards to appease society's pets. Um, we deny the fact of racial differences in ability. So listen to what this guy has to say. White people, I think, have this terrible, exaggerated sense of empathy. It's known, I believe, as pathological altruism. And this assumption that if people are failing, if people are poor, it's somehow our fault. And that is the standard psychological feeling of an abused spouse, for example. Right. If things are awful for my husband, it's because I'm just not doing enough for him. Uh, she refuses to recognize that this guy is a drunk and a psychopath and a violent swine. 
And somehow she thinks that she has got to minimize her life, sacrifice endlessly for this guy who is a hopeless case. And when it comes to race relations in the United States, there is a certain sector of the so-called progressive white population that believes that we have to make all of these sacrifices so that non-whites, but especially black people. So he brings up a really valuable point. I've never looked at this this way, but he's dead on. The way that a lot of these liberals are acting, the ones that are like, um, I hate myself because I'm white or we used to be slave owners and, and can't let go of any racial division there may have been in the past and still try to create it today. It's no different than a spouse that's been abused. And I never looked at it that way, but it's basically like that. You know, the first, you know, couple of times that you're hit, you may still see how you're right. But eventually after being beaten so long, you literally go, okay, you know what? Maybe I was the problem all along. Um, you know, and that's basically exactly what's happening right here with um, the progressives in this country right now is they're acting like a bunch of abuse, abuse spouses. So Mary says, uh, I don't think there's going to be a Super Bowl. I wouldn't doubt there will be either. I mean, that's all the way in February, but, you know, or, or superb owl. Hmm? Is it Super Bowl or is it superb owl? If you look um, at the overtop, somebody showed me this. Um, every stadium, um, look at an overview of the stadium, and they all look like the all-seeing eye. So they hide that symbolism right in front of our faces. Um, I love this one, too. This is what good laughs right here. This was in Texas. This, so everyone in McKinney is dead. So listen to this. This is the weatherman the other day. Or this is the weatherman during the summer. I'm sorry. Terrell and in Dallas, your, your heat index is 107. Everyone in McKinney is dead. The temperature, the, the heat index right now in McKinney is 10,000. What is that? 101,105. It's hot in McKinney. <laughs> I think that was a mistake. I think they put the 101 and the 105 too close together, but it does. It looks like 101,105. So everyone in McKinney, sorry, we loved you. And uh, I wish you were here with this, but apparently it got really hot and you guys just evaporated off of the earth like all those people did over in Hawaii. So one meeting on the phone call can change the trajectory of life. And I want to end this, you know, before we go into uh, I'm going to have a couple of scriptures that I do want to get to tonight because I kind of went over with the news. Um, but I always like to talk about things, you know, they're good. And like I said, there's so much craziness in the world, but God always brings us beauty and good. It's just a matter of your eyes open. Can you hear? Can you see? So I love this little story. So one meeting on the phone call can change the trajectory of your life. So in 2000, I had a brand new wife, less than six months. She was 18 years old and I was six months old um, and, uh, with a, and a six month old son. So I owned a roof um, removal business demolition company with eight employees um, when he was 21 years old. Um, it was an El Nino year, a lot of rain, and there were not many work days, especially in the business he's doing because he opens up the roofs. So we were broke. We had no savings, no family help, and fighting to make it um, in every area of our life. So after the rain stopped, I got a call from Sexton Roofing. A new customer needed a couple hundred squares of wood um, shake torn off of a local HOA. Um, it was a good-sized job, and he needed the work. So I drove my 1963 Ford C600 dump truck with the guys in the back, and we worked for two weeks tearing off roofs. The invoice was just over $13,000, literally all my net worth. So 
for two weeks, I kept asking about billing, payment terms, and who to send the bills to. With no response, I couldn't get a hold of anyone at Sexton Roofing. So I drove to a job one day. There was one worker there on a large job. I said, hey, do you work with Sexton Roofing? Um, and he said, well, they went under, kid. I'm just here to see what needs to be finished. He said his heart sank. I had payroll on Friday with zero money in my bank. Then the guy says, there used to be another roof removal guy working in here. His truck said 1-800-ROOF-REMOVAL. So he immediately called the number, and a man named Liam Carlin, Liam Carlin answered the phone, who was the owner of the company. Because I told him that I had worked um, on the HOA project and hadn't been paid, asked him what he knew and what I should do. He said, come to my office right now and bring the invoices for the buildings that you've worked on. So I drove directly to his office. He said that I have a contact at um, the HOA and she is paying bills for the work done. So I'm going to put your invoices in my name and I'll collect the money for you. It was 13000 I was about to cry. So Liam then said, um, do you have money for your payroll to pay your guys? And he said, no, I don't. I'm broke. All of my money literally went into the job. He goes, he pulled out $5,000 in cash, handed it to me, and it was enough to cover my payroll. He said, come back on Friday and I'll have the palace for you. Um, he had zero reason to help him. Zero. In fact, if he didn't, I would have not paid my workers, um, lost my crew, and most likely been out of business. He saved me. He changed my life. I went on to a 20-year career in demolition. Um, I've supported my family, sent my kids to college, bought a house, all because the kindness of a stranger. My son is now named Liam. He's named after the man that changed the trajectory of my family's life. I still talk to Liam Sr. almost daily. Um, this is amazing. It's those little things, you know, we we have more than we need. Some of us are struggling, and that's, you know, understandable, but some people have more than they need. And it's selfish to hold that to yourselves when it's just sitting in your bank doing nothing but earning you more money when you can literally help somebody out of a hole. This guy didn't know anything about the guy that was doing these ruse except for the fact that he was getting the work done. And he took the chance and gave him the 5000 to make sure that his guys were fed so we didn't lose them and in turn losing his business, but also made sure that he got all of that money back into his account that they had earned from ripping off those ruse. And it just shows you that one act of kindness, one act of selflessness can literally change someone's life. Now imagine how this man, having developed his company, gotten it bigger, started making some money, um, could help other people as well. You know, uh, Great Papa Steve said he'd been helping the homeless, and that's awesome. I'm hearing so many wonderful things about people that are doing little things, big things. There's no little things. It's all big. Helping their local communities and so forth. And this is what we need to do is come together. Um, while they're trying to get us into chaos, into anger, into distress, into fighting, do good things. Help those people that need help. God is going to watch your back. And, and I've seen this so many times because, guys, you know I am not wealthy whatsoever, not even close. I struggle. I make my bills, but I'm happy to have what I need. But when God says, hey, you know, somebody else is struggling, can you take this and help them out? 
you know, you're like, your first thought is, ah, man, I don't know how I'm going to make my bills if I do it. But then you're like, you know what? God wouldn't ask me to do something if he wasn't going to make sure that I at least had what I needed. Because God's not going to be like, give that person a thousand dollars and then I'm going to let you get kicked out of your house. You know, it's not how God works. And if you do get kicked out of your house, chances are it was because he was trying to remove you from the house you were in and put you into a better place. See, God doesn't let anything get wasted, go in vain. He always takes care of you. So that's the thing is it's not, you know, our selfish side wants to be like, well, how am I going to pay my bills? But our selfless side, which is all based on what God asks us to do, is what allows us to step up, put ourselves into that uncomfortable position that God's asking us to go into, help that other person out, but it's never ceased to fail that God always comes through and makes sure that you have at least what you need every single time. So it only takes a couple of those instances to where you're stepping up and you don't even question God and again. You're just like, Father, I can't afford it, but I'm going to do it because I trust you. Exactly, manna. Thank you, Flight Word Mary. Um, you know, it's a matter of coming together, being loving Christians, doing the right thing, helping others in return, helping our man, which is in return is helping ourselves in the long run because heaven's going to be a bigger place if we continue to do our job and lead people to the only chance that they have at life and salvation. And we know who that is, it's our Heavenly Father, God. Um, and last, uh, before I go into prayer, you know, we're seeing more and more. We always hear people that are like, well, if Trump becomes president, I'm leaving this country. How many times have we heard this? Um, we've heard this over and over and over and over again. But I'm seeing more people threaten to leave this country than I ever have, ever, because uh, if Trump becomes president. The new ones are Pelosi and, and Hillary Clinton. So what's the real reason that they're leaving? Well, the real reason they're leaving is because they're scared, because they know that Things are going to go down, and they, he's not going to be no nonsense. No matter what side Trump is on, there's still, at the very least, we've said it before, a battle between two evil factions. Um, like I said, I can't say for sure. I'm not going to definitively say anything because I don't have those answers. And the last thing I want to do is steer somebody away from something that may be good or right. But I will definitely give my opinion is that, you know, at the very least, we've got two evil factions that are fighting each other for control. So if Trump becomes president, there's going to be a lot of people like Pelosi, the Clintons, and so forth that are scared to death that are going to do what they can to split and get out of this country while they possibly can. But there's no hiding from God. Not going to happen. You can hide as deep underground as you want to. You think God can't find you? Oh, man, you guys have no idea who God is then if you believe that. Because these people right here think they're going to run. Look, you can run away from man. You can run away from handcuffs. You can run away from imprisonment. But you're going to be in a way, way worse place one day when God gets to you. And that day is coming. Rest assured, it is coming. Um, so anyways, guys, we're going to go ahead and end in a little bit of prayer this evening. And uh, so if you guys uh, would bow your heads. So wait a minute, real quick. So Turk said that $800 of tools stolen, Christian brother. Um, Oh, so somebody came through and hooked you up. See, isn't that amazing how that works? Like something was taken from you. And and like I said, it's, it's a good person comes through and make sure you has that. And it came back to them too. And that's the great thing is that we don't do things in order to get those rewards back. We do them because we love Jesus and we love God. But that's the beauty is that things always do come back and God makes sure that we have what we want and we watch out for one another. And that's one thing that I've learned over the years is that, you know, money Things like that, it's all temporary. It's all unimportant We, as long as we have what we need. But, you know, I can get by without money. I can't get by without God. That's enough said. So everybody, please bow your heads and let's do a little bit of praying. Um, for the very first uh, 
Casey prayer of the new year. Everybody, please bow your heads. Heavenly Father, thank you again for another beautiful day. Thank you for letting us be able to see the light in the midst of the darkness. You, you fill us with so much love and you've always taken care of us and you've been there for us. And Father, we we still make mistakes and do the wrong things and do questionable things. But at least having this relationship with you now, Father, we're aware of it so we can rectify things. We can, you know, get on our knees and ask for that forgiveness, dear Lord. But thank you for loving us enough to work in our lives, even in our worst times, dear Lord, to bring us to the point where we are today. And that's to have that relationship with you, which we make grow and we work on more and more every day. Some days, Father, I'll admit things aren't as easy as they could be. We we still end up with the why would you why is that in my life, God kind of scenarios. We we question you, dear Lord. It's not that we necessarily question you, we just question the whys. And we don't need to do that because we know that anything that you bring into our life is in our best interest. Whether we understand now or not, we will when the time is right. So, dear Lord, thank you for the trials and the tribulations that you put into our life and then eventually the understanding as to why. Because they are products that allow us to grow, to become better people, to become stronger Christians, to strengthen ourselves, to get more courage, to have more discernment and wisdom. Father, you are always working as you never, ever let a day go by to where you aren't stepping in and speaking to us in some way. And I thank you for that. Dear Lord, as we walk into the 2024, we know things are going to be chaotic, but we know with you, we'll be able to look past the chaos and, and do your service instead. Focus on the positive rather than the negative. Focus on love rather than, than hate. Focus on courage rather than fear. Focus on kindness instead of anxiety dear lord you are always going to give us what we need and we thank you for that because we're going to need it more than ever as we venture into this time dear lord we know that you're going to come back and you're going to take us all home at some point we just do not know when that time is so i ask father today that you lead us that you be the greatest general we've ever had you speak to all of us dear lord and set us on our missions let us know what we can do how we can serve you every single day. Every time that we wake up, dear Lord, just set us on that new mission or let us continue with the one you've already gotten us on. Dear Lord, let us never waver from this path. Never let us turn our backs on you, dear Lord. Let the adversity and the tyranny that the devil puts into our lives every day only strengthen our relationship with you, Father. Dear Lord, we know that without you, we can't do much, but with you, we can defeat a million-man army. We can take the head off the devil, dear Lord. With you, we have the ability to accomplish the greatest things this worth this earth has ever seen. With just the faith of a mustard seed, Father, we have the ability to move mountains, to heal. Dear Lord, let us all step up and not only um, appreciate and focus on the salvation that you gave us when you died on that cross, but let us go back into your life, dear Lord, and embrace all of those those lessons, all the teachings that you gave us, dear Lord, so that we can become what we are truly meant to be. This world has done everything to distract us, Father, to falter us, to keep us walking away from that narrow path, to keep us distracted, and to deceive us, dear Lord. Let us be able to see through it all. As we stand in the darkest of tunnels, dear Lord, shine that bright light that leads us straight out, dear Lord, back into your heavenly realm to where we can accomplish what we need to on this earth. Dear Lord, on those days where we get a little bit afraid of what's happening and what's being put into our lives, I ask that you give us the strength, dear Lord, and the confidence to know that we're going to get through it. Dear Lord, when you set us on that mission, you aren't with us at the beginning you're not waiting for us at the end. You were there with us during the entire mission as you are with every single one of us around this entire earth, no matter where we are. 
We are all your children, dear Lord. So let us let go of the division. Let us come back together and unify, dear Lord, in your heavenly name. Let us walk your narrow path, serve the way that you need us to serve, dear Lord, and not be confused with the way that we want to as humans, but to focus on the way that you need it done right. Let us be your arms, your voices, your ears, and your legs right down here on this earth, dear Lord, to do on earth as you do in heaven, dear Lord. Let us make changes here. Let us not sit with idle hands as the devil will take advantage of that in a heartbeat, dear Lord. Let us step up. Let us stand up. Let us make change. Let us protect these innocent children. Let us protect those widowers and the widows that are out there, dear Lord, that need us, that cannot protect themselves. Let us learn to be more selfless and less selfish. Let us understand, dear Lord, that when you get us to do anything, it is not out of the realm of what we can accomplish because you would never ask us to do anything that we couldn't complete. So dear Lord, let us have the utmost trust in you. When you ask us to hand over all of our savings, let us understand that we're still going to end up having what we need, but we're also helping others in the meantime, dear Lord. This is what living on earth, doing on earth as in heaven is. Being here for one another, loving one another, forgiving one another, learning to become the best Christians we can be, serving you every moment, dear Lord, and understanding that the greatest day we ever had in our lives wasn't necessarily the day we were born, but the day we were reborn in your heavenly name. We love you with all of our hearts. In Jesus Christ's name and our heavenly Father's name we pray. Amen. Well, everyone, I hope you had an absolutely beautiful uh, weekend. You had a beautiful uh, New Year's Day Things are already moving forward. Um, we're going to have some great interviews we've got uh, lined up that I'm setting up. You know, some great preachers, some uh, documentary filmmakers. Got someone coming on talking about the chemtrails. Um, Jeff will be with us. Matter of fact, Jeff may be with us um, on tomorrow. We'll see how that goes. So continue to pray. He's sounding better and better every single day. And I'm so grateful for that because uh, he, he's still going up and down. But we all love Jeff. He's such a great influence on us all. Um like I said, that's one thing about him is first and foremost, he loves us, but he loves our Heavenly Father, and he does everything in his life to bring Jesus and God first before anything else, you know, and he, he is a man on a mission, and he would bring in that mission here soon as well. But everyone, I love you very, very much. Have an absolutely beautiful rest of your evening. I guess we are now officially on the second day of January. Um, but guys, we'll be back tomorrow evening for Kilted Christian episode 514. Um, it's going to be a, a great week, guys. We're going to have some great conversations, and then I'm going to get back into my multiple scriptures that I had lined up because that's going to be the most important thing that we talk about. But I love you all very, very much. Have an absolutely beautiful evening, and I leave you with this. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light but so proudly we held at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming And the rocket's red glare The bombs bursting in air Gave proof the 
Have an absolutely beautiful evening. Flight work, Mary. It's always glad to have you here. Um, old Sully Andrew, great to see you as well and all the rest of you. I love you so much. I am so grateful that we have this time together each night. We're going to be here for one another. We're going to be lifting each other up on those days that we fall. And we're going to need each other more and more every single day. I can promise you that. So let's not waver. And just remember the most important thing is that we know how this ends. God wins. So fear not. Stress not. Let go of your anxiety. Keep in prayer, pray, 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 hold that heavenly line. God will bring us everything that we need to get through these crazy times, but it's only as crazy as we allow it to be because we can make the greatest change and bring love where they're trying to bring hate. Guys, I love you all very, very much. I will see you tomorrow evening for Kilt the Christian episode 514. Have an absolutely beautiful night. We love you and God bless.